What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Final Four is not on the schedule. He is Rod, I am Cameron, and Michigan State comes out of this one with a fairly easy win against Toledo. Um, Rod, they were, about, they were fairly close to the first eight minutes, and then Michigan State just catches fire. Bingham hits a three, Hauser hits a three, Christy, uh, Aikens was getting in on it. Um, uh, they go at up about 25 at one point, I think was the highest they got it. And then um, into the second half, it focused on defense, started to kind of wane a little bit, it seemed like. And um, Toledo kind of clawed back to uh, down nine, uh, was about as close as they got it. Uh, and then Michigan State finally finishes them off. Um, what, what were your thoughts coming into this one? The, to me, it looked like the offense looked pretty good in this one. I, I, I thought – I thought the first half, Michigan State played extremely well. Mm -hmm. I thought um, defensively, you know, Toledo had to hit um, an old-fashioned three-point play and then a a three-point shot at the buzzer to get to 23. Um, So I thought Michigan State's defense was, and and again, to remind people, Toledo offensively, pretty good, top 50 coming into this game. That was a, a phenomenal defensive half. I thought that uh, the two freshmen, Christie and Aikens, were spectacular against Ryan Rollins, who came in averaging 21 points a game. I don't know if he yeah. scored in the first half. If he did, it wasn't much. I think he actually he did hit. He did score late because um, he hit that that last three, but he didn't score much, mm-hmm. and and he wasn't getting any clean looks. So I I thought defensively it was really impressive. I thought offensively. They held the turnovers way down in the first half. They only had four at yeah. halftime. Um, I thought that was good. Obviously, they shot the three well again, which is something that we've we've been seeing. And you know, again, uh, not a surprise. I, I thought <laughs> I thought in the second half, uh, you know, I, I didn't I didn't love the way that. Uh, Michigan State played the second half. And I'm going to guess Izzo's yeah. going to say the same thing. I I just thought I thought two things, and both were related to the paint. I thought Michigan State's dribble containment, which was so good in the first half and has been really good overall this season, other than the Kansas game, was not good today. Now, mm-hmm. I'll give Toledo credit. They've got some guys that can play again. 50th rated or top 50 offense, and they played a decent schedule. You know, they've they've played and beaten a couple of conference USA teams. Um, you know, this is it's not like they've been playing you know D2 squads. So they've got some guys that can play. And I will also say, several of the shots they hit at the rim were tough shots. They were not good looks. They were just shots that happened to go in. Um, but all that said, I thought Michigan State surrendered dribble containment way too easily. And 
rim protection was spotty, and that was true even when Marcus was in the game. I would say a disappointing thing to me um, was that their their rim protection just was not not quite up to snuff. Now I'm looking at the stats, and they credited Marcus with two blocks. The team had ten, so it looks like a decent game, but. There were a few plays where I was surprised Marcus didn't even attempt mm-hmm. to block a shot because it looked to me like he was in position to at least bother it at the rim. Yeah. So I didn't like that. I also thought that MSU um, got jumper happy. Not three happy necessarily, but jumper happy in that second half. And when, when Toledo kind of made their run to turn what had been, you know, a a 20 point margin into something closer to the 10 point area which is where a lot a lot of the second half was played in that 15 to to 10 yeah. spot you know and and that was due in part to the fact that Michigan State defensively was not as sharp and um offensively I thought they we talked about it as the first key right don't fall in love with jumpers get the ball into the paint because this team really struggles statistically. They, they've been terrible defending twos. I mean, just awful. And I think Michigan State did a very good job of challenging that. Their, their lack of patience in terms of getting the ball into the post at times and maybe more importantly, lack of consistency in terms of just getting the ball into the paint, even via the dribble, backing somebody down. You know, this, this to me was a game that I would have liked to have seen Malik call playing a lot like he did against Loyola and against Eastern, where mm-hmm. he just took his time, worked his way into good shot position, and, and we didn't see very much of that. Um, I thought when Marble was in the game until there was one run where they had cut it to nine, and then he scored two straight buckets, one on a post and one on a, a put-back dunk. Until that stretch, he didn't see the ball very much in the post. You know, so I didn't, I didn't like that from Michigan State in the second half. I just didn't like the second half. I thought it was, yeah. Um, I thought it was poorly played. Eight turnovers in the second half. At, at times they handled the pressure that Toledo threw at them very well, and then at other times they threw it away. So, not not a great way to end it. You would have preferred it go the other way, but I'll, you know, look. These are these are games where. You're trying to learn some things about your team, about combinations, all that. Uh, I thought it was interesting that while the game was still technically not over, you know, was swinging on that 13, 11, 15-point margin at the under four, Izzo went with Pierre Brooks and Mati Sissoko out there. Mm-hmm. He closed with those guys. He did not close with Gabe or, um, you know, uh, Markey or even even Marble. He closed with those two guys, which tells me he was trying to get something out of this and wasn't too concerned about style points. Yeah. But, um, you know, overall, not a bad showing. Toledo, I think, is a good team. I think Toledo is going to be a challenger, not a favorite, but they're going to be a challenger in the MAC. That's how they were picked, and I think I could see why. Because they've got some, they've got some tough guys. I mean, they – I can see why they their offensive rebounding numbers are as good as they are because they play hard, they play physically, even though they're not big. Um, and again, they were so good at the rim, mm-hmm. um, you know. So it's it's okay, it's a win, you take it. And now 
you know, we get ready to move on into Big Ten play. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of the players, I mean, I, there really isn't somebody who sticks out as much as there's just the balance of the whole thing. You have five players in this game in double digits. Christie with 14, Walker with 11, Gabe with 12, Bingham with 10, uh, AJ with 10. It's just a really balanced effort. I, yeah, I, I would I would say that. I think, you know, you look at some of these field goal shooting numbers, though, and it's, whew, Dave, 5 for 14, Joey, 1 for 5, Max Christie, 4 for 14, Tyson mm-hmm. Walker, 3 for 9. They had, they had a lot of guys struggle from the floor, and, and some of that is what I – Walker, I don't mind, because the shots that Walker missed were actually shots I want to see him take. He just didn't get some floaters, some stuff at the rim to go. He was kind yeah. of snake bit, in my opinion. I actually liked his game a lot. Six assists, zero turnovers, turnovers yeah. two steals. And I thought at times he was completely disrupting what Toledo wanted to do with the way he played defense. I thought he was really good, actually. Most yeah. of this game, I was very happy with his game. But the other guy, you're right. I mean, nobody, you know, rebounding lead. Well, Aikens ended up leading with seven. That's impressive off the bench. Um, other than that, Markey had six and Joey had six. Good to see Joey. Even on a night he didn't shoot the ball well, um, he rebounded well. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was not a night for individuals. I think the three-point shooting, again, 12 for 26 as a team, you're happy with that. And they were, I think they were nine for 17 in the first half. So that would mean they were uh, only three for nine in the second. But even that's not terrible. Um, free throws, 17 for 21. They shot it well there. Um, yeah, you know, um, those would be those would be the things that stand out. I think you're right, though. It's it's not a game where you you look at any one individual. I thought that the one other thing I guess it's worth mentioning is Max Christie was the leading scorer with 14, and even though he was only four for 14 from the floor, uh, yeah, he was aggressive. He was. Shot. I, he was, and I like, you know, he had two blocks in this game, three assists, one turnover, three boards, one offensive. You know, he did some good things, and I like the aggression, and that's what they need to keep, that's what he needs to keep doing. I think the two guys that you want to see most of all staying aggressive, Tyson Walker and Max Christie, they were that tonight. They weren't always rewarded for it, but I think in some other ways they played pretty well. And, and again, I loved Max Christie's defense particularly in the first half. Now, Rollins, here's the thing. Rollins got his average, 21, but he went 7 for 22 from the floor. Uh, I'll take that. To me, that is an indicator that Max Christie and Jaden Akins guarded. They they were less effective in the second half, but I'm going to give some of that to Ryan Rollins because Ryan Rollins is a good offensive player. mm -hmm. But in the first half especially, I thought those two kids, I, I tweeted this, it is highly unusual to have two freshmen be as advanced as those two guys are defensively. Yeah. And they, re- they really are. I mean, Aikens is a guy that, at this point, it, it's hard to to keep him off the floor. I, I yeah. mean, when you see yeah. what he's doing. Yes, I, I, I would agree with that. You know, three for three on triples, he had nine points. Um, three assists, no turnovers, seven boards to lead the team. If, if any, and again, mostly pretty damn good defense. He got fried on one back cut in the second half, but other than that, I like the way he checked. Uh, if you're talking about an individual, he might be the guy tonight. Yeah, out of everybody. 
You know, and he just he gives you – it's interesting, too, because especially in a young player, when you say somebody's an energy guy, oftentimes that's also going to come with some mistakes mm-hmm. because that tends to mean that somebody that's trying to make things happen all the time, and, and especially if they're young, that's usually going to mean there's some errors that come with it, right? Right now, we're not seeing that with Jaden Akins. He's definitely an energy guy, and yet he's not making a lot of errors. He's playing a pretty sound brand of basketball – at both ends, he's doing it. Yeah. Really, is doing everything. If you look, three assists, no turnovers. Okay, he's moving the ball, and he had one incredible pass. Oh yeah, that left-handed, yeah, that, that bullet yes. pass. And <laughs> yes, you can see awesome. why people saw point guard potential in him. I mean, I don't think he's there yet. I don't think they want to burden him with it. But you can see why you're comfortable with him on the ball. He's defended fantastically this year. He's been a great rebounding force, especially on the offensive end. He only had one offensive rebound tonight, but he's good overall. Um, you know, and now he's hitting threes. I mean, I don't know what he's – I kind of look at this for the season. His, his, his percentage has to be really climbing. So he hit – he was three for three tonight, and I don't have raw numbers here. That's going to make a difference for him. Okay, so that's – so he's six for fourteen on the season. So he's knocking on the door of fifty percent after tonight. Mm-hmm. Now you could say, well, he's on a hot streak. Maybe I'm, I'm not saying I think he's a fifty percent shooter, but um, you know, this is a this is a guy who's coming. You can yeah. see it. I think he's going to be a critical component of this team. Uh, the uh, the only other thing on kind of a team individual basis, I think it's worth mentioning is I mentioned that uh, Pierre Brooks closed this game. He also, for the second game in a row, had an early turn. Wasn't as effective as he was against Louisville, but I will say this. He made one great play that just didn't get rewarded, where he penetrated in the lane, made a great pass to Joey, who got tied up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And they lost possession, but it was a great decision and great execution. So you can see why. And again, defensively, I thought Pierre was okay. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, a lot, a lot to be happy about on, on the, in terms of the young guys tonight. Yeah, uh, and just one thing I'd add: the, the first couple baskets by Dave were really impressive. Um, yes, yes. His control and ability to not get that charge on both yep. of those. Uh, um, yeah, the, the second one was really something to me because um, he. Uh, he just hit the baseline, and that's a tough shot. Yeah, you may not realize that that five foot kind of floater, where where you can't stopping, and, and where you don't have the backboard, it's just yeah. the rim. To put that down, yeah, impressive. Uh, so the first key, Rod, was don't settle. Yeah, I, you know it, it's a hard thing because you look at the threes, you say, "Well, I shot forty six percent." Okay, I'll, I'll grant you that. But this was a team that really, as you said, had been given a 57% field goal rate on twos. Michigan State as a team only shot 40% tonight. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and look, I do think Toledo, I haven't seen their other games, so I don't know if this was just an example of them working a lot harder. Maybe it was. They did do a good job at trying to congest things. Inside, but I, I just thought Michigan State wasn't patient enough. My problem was not with the threes. My problem was with 
settling for a lot of, you know, 15 to 18 foot jumpers. They did a lot of that, in, at least anecdotally. I don't have the, the numbers on that in front of me, but that's how it seemed. Um, I was just disappointed there wasn't more patience in terms of getting the ball inside where I think they really could have done more damage than they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then tempo. tempo that was seemed good. like they were flying in the, especially in the first half. Yep, yep, yeah. No complaints with that. I thought they, I thought they ran really with a purpose and consistently, and and generally speaking, made pretty good decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, no complaints with that. And this team seems to have a like a penchant for playing above the rim, a little bit more than some of the things we've seen. Michigan State. Yeah. So yeah. When you add when you add Aikens and Bingham into this equation, it's they're, that's true, but it's interesting you mentioned those guys because there was a segment in the first half I'm not sure I've ever seen before. They had, on the same possession, they had those two guys that you mentioned both miss what looked to me like pinpoint high feet lobs for dunks. They yeah. had one which I think was in transition to Markey that he had and just didn't throw down. And then um, there was uh, the, the Michigan State got the offensive rebound, got the ball back to Hogard, and he put it up again. Jaden Akins had, had position, had an angle. He puts it up. Jaden tried to one-hand it, and he botched the dunk. I, <laughs> I don't think I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen that. But uh, I think as a general point, you're correct. Mm-hmm. That this is a team that can do a lot more, and a big part of that, honestly, is the guards, is the guys yeah. delivering those passes because that has just not been a strength. Even I've mentioned this before. Even with Cassius, as great as he was, he was not good on on lobs. He just for whatever reason. And it might not have even all been him. It was. It might have been some of the guys he was playing with, just not able to get the timing down. But this group, both both guys, both Hogard and Walker, to me look like they're really dialed in with the, the, their teammates, and it's a weapon again for MSU mm-hmm. for the first time in a while. And, and then the third key turnovers, twelve to twelve, mm-hmm. looks like. Um, yeah, M- much better because this, as we said, this was a a high tempo game. And, and MSU kind of had, as usual, when they came, they kind of came in waves, it seemed to me. Um, not as bad, obviously, as in some other games where it's just gotten out of hand. You know, the, the second half is disappointing because they had eight. So that's a bad half. Um, the first half was fantastic, only four. So it adds up to a decent end result. Izzo's not going to be happy with that second half. Yeah. Uh, and then rebounding. They did yeah. rebound and out-rebound them totally, but it wasn't like a dominant win. I, yeah, I I thought that, you know, again, give Toledo credit. I wondered, how are they this good of an offensive rebounding team when they just don't play a lot of size? But let's see what they ended up with. So it was 1142. Equals, eh, I can't complain. 26, 26.2 uh, uh, offensive rebounding rate for Toledo, which is not bad. Um, for MSU, it was a little better than that. 
12 divided by 39. MSU 30.7. So they marginally won it. I I think that um, you have to be reasonably happy with that. Honestly, because this is a team that it, I think their offensive rebounding rate was actually 35% coming in. Yeah, that was so good. you hold them well under 30. That's a, that's a win. I guess I feel a little bit better about that than I felt watching the game. Um, and, and plus, and I don't mean to take it, anything away from Toledo, but some of those offensive rebounds were a little fluky. Yeah. You know, they were they bounce around off a couple of guys. You know, Michigan State gets hands to it, and just the deflection goes the wrong way. I mean, there, there was some of that. Now, they all count, but mm. I, I you it wasn't know, I like guys were getting carved out. Or no, 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 no. Or, or just as as we've seen uh, on some occasions this year, I actually thought at times in the Louisville game, for example, where I just thought the other team was just quicker to the ball, just, you know, playing a little harder than mm. MSU. Um, that was not the case in this one. Uh, and then rotations was the fifth key. Yeah. I, you know, again, that, that closing lineup was interesting because he obviously wanted to get Sissoko and Pierre some more extended minutes. But, you know, is that because he figures, well, that's the the last time he's going to have the opportunity for a little while because you've got two Big Ten games coming up? Or is it that he's really trying to figure out, can I play these guys mm. when it counts, you know? Um, so it's good that they tried that. It's good that they felt like they'd get away with it. And they were actually able to close the game out with those guys. That's that's a good thing. Um, and, get, and, and still get the win. Um, you know, I don't know how you feel. And I don't mean, you know, the Joey Hauser thing has been bouncing around um, since the last game, because of, in part because of Izzo's comments post-game. Uh, and I certainly, that's the last thing in the world I, I, I intend to do. I still believe Joey Hauser not only can be a factor for this team, I think he has to be. But right now, there is absolutely zero question in my mind that you just feel so much more comfortable when Malik Hall is on the floor. Offense, both ends, actually, because Joey has defensive struggles, but I, I'm thinking the offensive end right now. Uh, Malik just has a composure to him, and they're, they're using him more and more. If you looked at their, their press break in the second half in this one, Malik Hall was a huge part of it, and I thought was really effective. Mm. Um, kind of in the middle of that as a guy who they're using as an outlet, the way they've used other bigger players in the past. It's a you can't be a good press break team if you're if your fours and if at least your fours, if not your fives, can't contribute to that. And I think I just feel comfortable with Malik Call with the ball in his hands. Am I wrong? You feel the yeah. same way? I do. I feel comfortable. I think what I, I feel the most comfortable about is you've got two guys that are completely capable at that position. One's struggling, one's doing pretty good. Um, I'm confident that at that at the four, you're going to get good play out of somebody. And if you don't, yeah. there's somebody else that can step up. Well, that's, that's a, as people have been noting, that's a characteristic, and again, was the case tonight, of this team. You know, there are people who will look at it and say, eh, if you don't have an alpha dog, if you don't have one guy, that's a problem. 
because there are going to be games where you're going to need that. You're going to need a guy like Aaron Henry last year, right, where he just put yeah. them on his back at times. Okay, and generally speaking, I agree. But two points. One, if you've got this many guys, Michigan State, it's not like they say, well, we've got five guys that could hit you with 15 any night. They've got like eight that could do that any yeah. night. That's a lot of possibilities, okay? The second thing is I'm still not convinced there's not going to be a leader in that way that that won't emerge. Uh, to me, Max Christie is the guy I think is most likely. I still feel that way. Yeah, he's struggling with the shot, but, man, he's confident. You know he's not going to lose minutes because of the way he defends. And I just think you can see it, at least I feel, you can see it starting to come. With the ball in his hands, he's dangerous. I think he could be a playmaker for other people. I just he's I think with him maybe the the thing the next step I'd like to see him take and it's why I was kind of encouraged a little bit tonight, again, even though the shots weren't falling, is he needs to not settle. He needs to not think of himself as just a three point sniper. Because he's got a handle and length and I think toughness that suggests he can do a lot more, he can be a lot more dynamic. And I thought he tried to do some of that tonight, more than we've seen in other games. Yeah, yeah. He was inside going. He had that one That's thing what where he almost about. got a dunk, <laughs> you yep. know, that, on the baseline. Yeah, and he, yeah. he just – he's got to use that handle on that length because, boy, I, I don't – I think he's a problem for people. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think the combination of Malik Hall playing well and the expectation that a lot of fans had that, that Joey's going to be a 15-10 and 10 guy – he, I just don't think that's going to be in the cards for Joey. And, and Malik Hall's playing so well that, hey, if Joey's a, 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 a six-and-six guy, you, that's great. That means you've got two guys that are playing insanely hard for right. 35 minutes a game. Right, right. No, I agree. And that's, but, but they need Joey to be efficient Yeah, when he does yeah. that. Okay, well, that'll uh, – that about wraps it up. Any final thoughts on that one, Ron? No, as I say, I think it, it leaves a little bit of a disappointing taste in your mouth because it didn't close the way you'd like. But um, overall, look, I, I think, and I'm not trying to puff Toledo up into something they're not, but I think that's a solid team. I think that's a team that, you know, is. I think in Ken Palm they came in top four in the MAC, and that's my sense is that's more or less where they're expected to be. So they could be in the mix. You know, especially in a one-bid league, man, you get hot in the tournament for a week. Um, you know, you can win it. You can get to the you can get to the big tournament, and uh, I think that's a quality opponent. You know, so the the fact that they had a 26-point lead with about a minute and a half to play in the first half was was legitimately impressive. It didn't. They weren't able to maintain that, but that's a decent opponent. So you win it, you move on. Okay. And we're going to Big Ten play. We're Wednesday against Minnesota at home. Uh, at Minnesota. At Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Who's six and zero so far? So. Yeah, and played. They haven't played by it. Yeah. That's, that's a bad basketball team. I, I've seen a little bit of them. It's, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about it. All right. Until next time, the Final Four is not on the schedule.
the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.